This is the podcast Love, Blood, Sex, Death. As daughters of Venus, we're on a mission for 2020 and beyond to awaken more love in the world through intimate and educational conversations that shed light on our societal taboos. Those are the things that we all obsess about privately, but don't speak about publicly. Welcome to the show. Hi, welcome to another episode. Very excited to have you here. And I'm sounding like I've just smoked a pack of Marlboro. Uh, I have a head cold. So uh, yes, if you're wondering if I've had a hard night, well, yes, I have, but of a different sort. Nice to be with you again, Kristen. You too, Tanishka. Yeah, we're we're coming live from my bed. <laughs> <laughs> my sick bed. So um, today's episode, we are going to share with you our turn-offs and turn-ons. We've called it sexual cyanide and um, we would love your feedback, like to know whether or not these resonate with you as well. So um, we've prepared lists that we've not been privy to with each other. So um, how about as we go through our list, we kind of do a, uh, that's a buzzer sound. If <laughs> if we have the same one on our list. Good idea. Shall we do that? Yeah, that All right, great. Cool. All right, let's get started. Dun, 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 dun. So the start of my turn-off list starts with this statement. The end is in the beginning, folks. Yes, people show us who they are at the beginning, but do we notice and act upon the signs? Or do we ignore them and miss the, what those signs are telling us? So my list of turn-offs includes those hidden warning messages. So number one, self-absorbed. I can't stand it when you agree to have a lunch or a dinner or even a coffee with somebody and the whole time they talk at you and expect you to hold space like you're their mother and use you as a sounding board just to process their inner dialogue. It's like I don't have better things to do with my time. <laughs> they never ask you questions about yourself. It's like being with my family, to be honest. Not even <laughs> how are you. There's no genuine lack of interest in others. It's completely self-absorbed. So um, for me what this really indicates is an inability to listen so you know when it is you know your turn to speak when you I don't know interrupt them um, and you find they look away they're distracted they're looking at their phone or you can see the cogs of their mind thinking about what they want to say next because their monkey mind is on 24 7 and what that tells me is that they're not able to be in the receptive polarity, in the feminine. They're only able to operate out of the active masculine polarity, so they're not balanced. Is that Did that make it to your list, uh, self-absorbed? I've got selfishness. Okay. Definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, mine was more down the sexual path. But oh, I, we'll get to that. Yeah, I totally feel you with the going on a date, not being asked any questions. And when offering information that I find is really valuable and fun, mm. it's totally being dismissed or not taken on or even acknowledged, faint, like faked interest, <laughs> acknowledged. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I totally, I totally feel that. And right. I, I feel like they're a bit nervous sometimes. I want to prove something, so they. I think absolutely it comes like, from trying to prove. Yeah. Yes, and that's a turn off. That's a turn off. Yeah, it's like they don't trying. have their self worth. Mm. Bingo. Yeah. And that comes up a number of times on my list. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll keep going because yeah. there's a lot to get through. <laughs> number two, bad hygiene. Yes. Starting with oral hygiene. How the hell are you expected to kiss someone if they have halitosis? Yes, bad breath. <laughs> or if it's, you know, the fake Christmas snow all over their shoulders, oh dandruff. Or, get this, mm, a recent partner of mine. I clocked him wearing the same underwear five days in a row. Now, that's a set of pants you really don't want to get into. Did bad hygiene make it to you? It didn't. Okay, no, totally, totally. totally so what that communicates to me, what that tells me, is the inner teenager is running the show, not the adult. They're not taking responsibility for themselves, which means unless you're shopping for a codependent relationship and want to be responsible for somebody else, Keep on trucking. Totally. 
Um, all right, number three, men on an ego trip. Now, I apologise to our LGBTQT uh, brothers and sisters out there. I can only speak from my own experience. So uh, I am speaking of men, okay? Um, adjust that to your own perspective. But men on an ego trip, i.e. their main focus is money. I had a lunch with a friend of a friend and the whole time he was telling me about his fucking stock portfolio, Whoa. like I give a shit, Whoa. and, you know, Bitcoin and whatever. And I'm thinking the world is in such a state of crisis and you're responding to that by just lining your own pocket for retirement. It indicates a low self-worth, a need to prove themselves, a fear. Um, and, you know, uh, basically someone whose ego is running the show. So um, the underlying subtext would be they might get pissed off if I beat them at backgammon um, <laughs> because their ego, you mm. know, needs to be alpha. Or even the fact that you'll see shadows and call them out and they won't be able to own it because they have to prove... Yes. That's scary. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Plus, here's the big one, the elephant in the room. If someone's on an ego trip, i.e. they're seeking out status, power, you know, success, greed, they're going to bring that into the bedroom. Mm -hmm. So their ego is going to be running the show in the bedroom and it's going to be performance-based mm. sex so it'll be about how good they are and not about the connection, which is more likely to end up resulting in performance anxiety, too much pressure mm -hmm. and feeling over self-conscious about their performance, resulting in impotence. Yeah, and, and sex that you're not going to enjoy. Hello. <laughs> Absolutely. If someone's in their head trying mm -hmm. to prove what a, a man they are in the bedroom, mm -hmm. bow, bow. Yeah. And you can apply that to women, of course, as well. Mm -hmm. um, okay, number four, men who aren't over their ex. So if they're constantly talking about their ex-partners, not only is it dishonouring. Have you got that on your list? No? No. Okay. But what it tells me is that they're not in the present. They've got so much unresolved crap from their past, they don't take the time to process and grieve one partnership before moving into the next and they're not fully available to the present one. Totally. Mm. It's like it, how, many, how many times is it worth bringing up past lovers, past relationships? You know, sometimes it's out of need of explaining experience but if it's like about the particular person and picking a weight and X, what is the point of it? Point of it, yeah. It definitely feels like some open wounds. Yeah, and I... Thank you for sort of questioning me on that because absolutely it's not, you know, like you can't ever mention ex-lovers. I think it's wonderful to share what you've learnt from other mm. partnerships. And but love. if Yes, but, yeah, absolutely, if you're still banging on about resentment mm -hmm. and what they did to mm. you, it's like, oh, God, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> um, and that goes for us as well, of totally. course, if we do these things because uh, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I know it's a shock. <laughs> um, all right, number five, no dress sense. Yes, I was attracted to gay men in my early life. So um, basically a man who can't dress himself lacks awareness of his own beauty. So what that tells me is he's likely to be blind to the beauty in life, the beauty in me, the beauty of nature. Um, and if I really want to be completely transparent with you, uh, if a man is aesthetically blind, then he's likely to fight me to put some really ugly shit up around the house and have the worst taste in gifts. And I know that's shallow, but it's true. Um, plus, he's likely to be a source of potential embarrassment and have no sense of appropriateness in what to wear for various social occasions. You know, it's like, no, you can't wear runners and a suit to a funeral, you know. So that's more about me worrying about what people think as well. So I totally own my shadow there. But um, the other extreme is men who are completely absorbed with their own looks mm. for fear they're not beautiful. So it's, yeah, being out of balance, I suppose, with beauty. All right, number six, men who don't dance. Now, uh, 
if you can't dance, if you've got wooden hips, if you're not in your body, if you lack rhythm, if you're inhibited, the dancing in the bedroom is going to be tragic. So not only are you no fun, but it tells me there's a lack of creative expression and mm. they're a lousy lover. Yeah, it's almost like they're, they're too afraid to, to get into the feminine in the body and feel and move and snake it around. And, and even dancing badly. Yeah. But having the ability to move and yeah, and just no have no inhibitions on the dance mm-hmm. floor. You know, like um, oh, what's his name? Fictitious as he is. Oh, you make me horny, baby. Oh, what's his name? Awesome Fuck powers. Off. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. It's like at least you know you're going to have fun with somebody yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Um. Exciting. All right. Number seven. Almost there. Moody men. Yes, it's not attractive if you're broody and moody, if you can't process your feelings and communicate Mm -hmm. because what it tells me is you're a child emotionally. You will inevitably project unresolved mother issues Mm -hmm. onto moi (laughs) and punish moi Mm -hmm. by withdrawing and being cold and distant, Mm -hmm. i.e. the silent treatment. So taking things personally, unable to hold space. Yeah. It's emotional abuse. Yeah, like we need is. to call it what it is. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, no, he's, yeah. he runs deep. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, yeah, well, find a way to communicate that. Yeah. All right, number eight, men who aren't generous in bed. Mm. Yeah. I was asked recently if I would choose a priest or a rock muso if I had to choose between the two. It's not that they were put before me. <laughs> and I said a priest on the basis he would be a more generous lover. Now, that's not including the ex-priest who anally raped me, uh, drugged me first, which uh, is not real generosity. I'm just being dark. But what it tells me is a man who is not generous in bed, and this could be a woman as well, is basically a narcissist run by a mother complex. So his ultimate unconscious fantasy is to be loved for who he is And not for what he does. So he tests lovers by doing as little as possible, being a miser and not giving to see if you'll still love him. Now, that's dangerous for any woman or any partner. Um, So, uh, you know, and I've, because I love sex, um, having five planets in Scorpio, um, despite having been celibate for most of my adult life, the irony. Um, So... I've been, you know, with men who think because you enjoy giving and getting aroused Mm. through giving, all they have to do is lie back and receive. Mm. And uh, that's a total turn off. Mm. It indicates they're not in the heart because the heart is generous, Mm. okay? The mind, the ego, it's like what can I get out of this where the heart is how can I give, you you know? All right, number nine, almost there. Dun, 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 dun. Men who peruse and evaluate, you know, the old, they say hello and then they quickly look you up and down as if you're not going to even notice that, like your goods, Mm. you're a product on the shelf. So that is the ultimate turnoff because they're evaluating whether or not they want to bed you Um, and they're not meeting you from the heart, they're meeting you from the ego and what it tells me is they haven't individuated from the patriarchal mindset that views women as existing purely for men's use and pleasure. So I say run in the other direction. Yeah. All right, number 10, almost there. Guys who don't honour their word. Now, basically we've all been conditioned to look for a prince charming. I say Mm -hmm. buyer beware because (laughs) (laughs) the key is the word prince. Yeah, a younger or immature man will promise you the world. In fact, he'll tell you whatever it is he thinks you want to hear, Mm -hmm. but it's manipulative. And then when he doesn't honour his word with right action, he will make excuses to see if he can get away with it with charm. Mm -hmm. And that, my friends, is a slippery slope. Totally. I, I, I call it the trailer to the movie, that they give you the trailer and all of the best bits. 
Yes. And then the relationships are moving and you actually see what's going on. Thank you. Yeah. Whereas the Rotten Tomatoes rating yeah. for potential <laughs> yeah. partners, it would make life much easier. All right, so I'm done. Tag team, finished Woo. on time. Yeah. Nice. All right, let's hear your total turn-offs. Um, top one I've got, take feedback personally. So this is, nice. I guess, overall, but especially in sexuality, I've come across so many partners where uh, where I share with them what I need and they take it personally. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm like terrified that I'm going to hurt an ego. So I have to do it. You know, I have now I have a magic script where I am able to share what I need, what doesn't work for me, what does work for me. I actually created a pleasure profile paper for people to be able to do that with each other because oftentimes, like, I've found female body people much more wary of the ego of their lovers where they don't want to mm-hmm. share what they really need. They'll just tolerate in sex rather than speak, speak up. Speak up. Um, so, yeah, when someone takes feedback personally and then they kind of go into a spiral and then they also, like, performance anxiety is a knock-on effect of that. So that's a, a turn-off for me or if they can't just be like, you know what, I'm open to feedback. I may feel uncomfortable, but please tell me, like, how can I please you more? I just had a vision of you speaking this from a pulpit on a Sunday morning. Like <laughs> the church of love, ladies and gentlemen. How's that for a sermon? Wouldn't you like to get a lot of men into that congregation? Oh, Thank totally. you for sharing. <laughs> I'd love that too. Lovely. All right, next, number two. Number two, I've got selfishness as well. However, I haven't experienced so much of it. But when I did experience it, I was surprised that I had a lover when we'd be making penetrative love penis inside vagina and I would be you know saying like oh just like slow down for a second because I'm like I can feel that I'm about to climax and I know you are too and he was just like nope and then just like did his own thing and the first couple of times I thought it was hilarious I was like whoa it's never happened before like usually my partner's like okay like we'll slow down and like be mindful and be excited that we're both in the same place but he Mm. just didn't care and it led to me kind of like being like "Mm, I don't know if I really like enjoy that anymore initially it was funny but then I was like that's kind of yeah it wasn't exciting for me it was a turn off eventually it's like a consideration yeah that was the first time yeah total did not care it was just in it for himself which initially I was like wow I've never actually witnessed it and I've heard of it so it was interesting but Mm. then when it became a reality I was like oh like now I get yeah I'm I'm not in I get why this Mm. is a big problem totally yeah god I mean, it's just rude. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> the whole point of sex is connection. Yeah, yeah. It you was, know, not using somebody yeah, for your own pleasure. Yeah, yeah it was <laughs> It was strange. All right. Number, um, three. number three is assuming that they know everything about my body. So it's mm. kind of going feeding back into the um, unable to take feedback. But I've, I've experienced partners where they, you know, they feel like they already know so they don't want to, like, check in or – um, or I've seen it in others where I've said, you know, I'm offering this male work, male body workshop and I say it to men and they're like, oh, you know, I already know everything. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you don't because every female body is so different. Thank you. And there's no way you can know everybody's body. Like, And it, females don't know their own bodies. So yeah. how can you if we're the ones teaching you? So Arrogant. Yeah. So, and ignorance. Yeah, what totally a lovely combination. Yeah. Mm, I'm getting lovely wet. Combo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh. as soon as a male body person says that i'm like oh yep never gonna make love with you yes yeah, like the venus fly trap goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah shop for business mm. um number four is goal driven so anything other than the goal being intimacy if the goal is for mm. penetration if the goal is for orgasm um, the goal to make me orgasm, especially like I just feel so much pressure and I don't feel connection and I feel like I, I feel like there's an expectation and so it takes away any space around what we could create together. It's like here's an expectation and my nature is already to do what's not expected of me. So if that's set, then I probably won't have sex. If I'm expected to have sex, then I'll be like, nope. If I'm expected to orgasm, I'll be like, no, like you're expecting this of me. Like yes. I just want to, I just want to be who I am and in my body and um, express myself without any goals. So, I like that. Well said. Yeah. So it's definitely a big. Because that thing, we're like flowers. We open from the inside out, mm-hmm. and so they've really got to penetrate our hearts mm-hmm. and show real 
genuine care and consideration. Yeah, for yes. what's right for us in that moment. Yes, lovely. Um, and then my next one is um, doing the expected every single time. So oh, fuck you. The same. Oh, I have no Grand idea what you're day. talking about. Yes. <laughs> Yes. It's like Grand Hope Day. Yeah. Yeah. It's like now yeah. we do this, now yeah. we do that. Yeah. 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 I really love finding the edge and pleasure and exploring. Like, you know, I'll rarely do the same thing twice. And then, you know, if it's something kinky, I probably won't do the same thing in six months. Um, I really love just finding new, different ways to explore a, a smorgasbord, smorgasbord of things. There'll be slow sacred sensuality, there will be porn star sex, there will be um, kinky sex, there will be singing and dancing together and that will be our sex. Like it will never really the same thing again. That's eternal. Buffet sure. of love, folks. Yeah. That's where we're headed. <laughs> now I do just want to pull you up on singing and dancing. How many people have singing and dancing in the bedroom? <laughs> I'm coming to your place, not to join in as a threesome, but just, just to, you know, maybe... What <laughs> fabulous! I'm loving it. They're all singing, all dancing. That's fab. Yeah, there's a uke next to You've the inspired me. <laughs> Having grown up singing Shirley Bassey, my next lover doesn't know what he's in for. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, that's so good. I do love a candid conversation. Go on, my love. Um, my next turn off would be when my lover goes straight to the vulva, especially oh. straight to the clitoris. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. I just, yes. oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes it kind of makes me want to scream. Right. Right? I'm like, oh, like really? Like you've just gone to the nine, like 9,000 or whatever nerve endings? Like mm -hmm. what about mm -hmm. all the rest? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Do just, not pass go. Yeah. Go straight to jail. Yeah. Yeah. Go straight to You have committed a yoni sin. <laughs> Yeah, it oh, makes yeah. you feel like one of those um, Fisher-Price uh, activity centres that they give to infants <gasps> where they just go straight to the button, <laughs> yeah. straight to the bell. It's like, it's okay, like this makes the biggest noise, <laughs> you know. It's like, no, you goofball. Like, there's more yeah. to explore. Yes, yeah, oh, totally. totally. So that's a huge turn-off for me. I'm always almost instantly close, close up. Um, then my next one is any expectations of me to moan or to, um, you know, like I, I love communication and to communicate where I'm at, but like any expectations of me to feed the ego of my lover, like to make them feel like they know what they're doing, that they aren't, that they can't just kind of check in with me and be like, how is this and how is this? Like if it feels like they're kind of like just expecting anything from me really um, to boost their ego, then it's eternal. Absolutely, because you are not. Oh, hang on, they're not your responsibility. Exactly, their feelings, yeah. their yeah. ego. Yeah, exactly. But I honestly feel the world will change when women stop faking, faking. orgasms. Yes, yeah. you know, I 100%. would lead a fucking protest yes. march on that. Yeah, Let's you know, do it. sure. Okay, <laughs> squeeze that into my schedule. Because honestly, here in effing Ubud, you know where every piece of promotional uh, stuff that you see um, around here, like the distortion of the feminine, uh, particularly from one venue, not mentioning any names, Karma House, um, <laughs> shows a woman faking a fucking orgasm. And it's, it's I call it spiritual porn. Yeah. You know, they're making out this is the sacred feminine and that is not the sacred yeah. feminine. Yes. It's you like, know? It's like the louder you can be, the more showy you can be, the more in touch you are with your sexuality. When, you know, in Taoism you cultivate that sexual energy and you don't let it leak anywhere. It's like it's something we master rather than show off and perform. That's beautifully said. Yes, because, you know, whilst I was all like um, – a little bit bitter and twisted towards men that are performance-based, that's the equivalent of women. Totally. It's like yeah. they're not actually showing up nope. present to the unfolding uh, adventure yeah. of mm. exploration yeah. and really being connected with themselves. If you're not yeah. connected with yourself, you've got no hope in hell of being connected with anybody else. Yeah. And yeah. it's such a disservice to other women. Hello. Because that we're, we're teaching men. It's entrainment. Yeah, exactly. They think they know what they're doing with the body and so then they're like, well, this worked with 
all my other partners. Why isn't it with you? It's like, I'm just being honest. Yes, you're not in the circus anymore, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was actually part of that, to not be responsible for their pleasure. Like, I really don't ever want to feel responsible for another partner's pleasure. You know, if they're horny, then it's like, yeah, go self-pleasure and, and enjoy that if I'm not in the space, especially if I'm premenstrual. Like, I'm not super open for Yep for connection in that way and um, I don't want to feel like I'm responsible for someone's blue balls. Hello. <laughs> Hello. There it is. Yes, we've said it, ladies and gentlemen. It would be nice if we had the live audience in front of us now just to have people raise their hands. Who's had that said to them? Because I know I have. Yeah, oh, so many times. You know. My hand is up twice. Three right. Times. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, let's emphatically state that you are not responsible for blue balls, for breaking their balls, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Anything to do with balls. Thank you. Unless the balls like are theirs, their responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Good. Um, and and I, yeah. can I just jump in? Yeah. I want to say I love that you mentioned encouraging them to go and self-pleasure mm-hmm. because that's one of the downsides about being in a partnership is you often lose your sexual relationship with yourself because totally. you feel guilty if you make love to yourself <laughs> while they're next to you. <laughs> Speaking from personal experience with my high sex drive. Um, so, you know, uh, that you are encouraging of that I think is lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love I love keeping that open, the self-pleasure practice open. And right. I, I find it really sexy when I know my love is self-pleasuring and in touch with their body still and encourages yeah. me too and doesn't feel threatened by my fingers. Like. You're sexually alive. Yeah. It's like a pot on simmer. Mm-hmm. Much easier to get them to boil. Yeah. Yeah, than somebody that's just stone yes, cold. Totally. Good. Uh, number nine, I've got when my lover is emotionally distant at, but is using sex to connect. Because mm. even in a partnership, if they're like, they're mm. not going, able to connect with me in the heart, but they're ready to fuck me, I'm mm. like, what? Mm. Like, you're not. What are you doing right mm. now? Like I feel like I'm getting punished almost mm-hmm. from this behaviour mm-hmm. because you can't communicate what's going on emotionally for you. I love you. I love you for speaking that. And I think there are going to be people nodding. <laughs> yeah. 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 Really. Thank you for speaking that because this is pandemic, let's yeah. face it. You yeah. know, we haven't had rights of passage for yeah. men. Uh, most of them are emotionally and yeah. psychologically immature. Yeah. And this is taboo. This is yeah. not being discussed. No, it's not. And it's playing out in the bedroom. Yeah. It's playing out as emotional abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well said. All right. Love you. Go on. Um, last one, number 10, um, is to either be in, for me, being in the masculine in the bedroom is really hard because it doesn't allow me to start to unfold and open up. Um, so if my partner isn't the spark, isn't the one to initiate that with me, especially if I'm making love with a male-bodied person. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're kind of laying back and being in the feminine, I mm-hmm. find it, for me, it's, it's hard to, uh, not, and that's not for everybody, but for me, I find it really hard to. When I've made love with female-bodied people, I find it easier to be in the masculine and still get aroused and still become lubricated and, um, and initiate and, and hold the masculine role. But in when I'm making love with male body people, it's it's much harder for me. That's interesting. Mm. Thank you for sharing so intimately mm. because I also have a feminine sexual essence. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. attracted to a masculine energy, yeah. you know, yeah. and it is such a turn on when they initiate, mm. you know. Totally. It is such, to feel wanted, to yeah. feel desired yeah. is such a turn on. Yeah. And... Um, so the opposite is true. When they're not, mm-hmm. like my last partner, he never, ever looked at me when I was undressing or mm. naked and I clocked it and mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Totally. Like I felt like yeah. chopped liver in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you for that. Pleasure. I really, really like that. All right. So um, coming up after the break. We've got our turn-ons. We almost kind of slid into them then. But, um, yeah, so um, we've got 10 turn-ons each. Mm-hmm. I reckon we might get you to go first. What okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, Sounds good. good. So um, I like that you've also brought in the um, bisexuality, you know, because 
life is all about spectrum. There is no, you know, hard and fast polarity. I remember uh, seeing Martina Navratilova's ex on Oprah. This is how I learned about LGBTQ. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, you know, she'd always thought of herself as heterosexual and then she met this woman and the soul never chooses who it's going to fall mm, in love with. That's so So beautiful. it was a surprise to her as much as to anybody else. That's so, so I just beautiful. thank I you for that. bringing that in. My it's pleasure. important. Yeah, beautiful. All right, so next we have Turn On. Hey, we're back and I've got my top ten turn-ons here for you all. And my first one is... Um, my love language, love language, which are acts of service. So I don't know if you've heard of the love language mm-hmm. quiz that you can do. My top one was acts of service because I'm such, I'm so in my masculine in my day to day. You know, I've been independent since I was 15 and I've just been so on the go. And so if someone can come in and I've always got projects and things going on, if someone can come in and support me with something to do with my things that I need on my to-do list, I feel so much less anxiety and so able to drop into the feminine, like get out of the masculine. I'm like, oh, okay, like I don't have to do it all on my own. And my partner's helping me. They're already making love to me by doing the dishes. Um, And something that I have to like catch myself is not being like overly thankful, especially when when I've cooked. Like I'll cook and then someone will clean. I'll be like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's like, hang on a second. That's like, that's how it goes. But just something that small can be oh, such a turn on for me. Absolutely. My nipples went hard when you said the word support. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And there's actually a book out there by a woman called Linda E. Savage called Goddess Sexuality or Awakening Goddess Sexuality. And the whole book is about how statistics show the more housework a man does, the more sex he gets. Yeah, because 100%. She feels supported. Yeah. She's actually got more energy for yeah. lovemaking totally. because she's not burning out her candle exactly. doing everything else. Yeah. The first thing that turns off is our libido when we're stressed. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing to go. We're not in a state to procreate, so why would we have our, our libido on, you know? It's like not that the libido is just to make babies, but sure. at a biological level. Thank you. It is, so the more support I don't mind science when it gives me tickets yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got its uses. Thank you. That's great. My pleasure. And it makes sense too. Yeah. You know, totally. it's like because if you're in a state of hypervigilance, you're in your mind. Yeah. You've disassociated. You're not totally. even available to yourself. Totally. You're not in your body. You're not yeah. in your heart. You're not in your soul. Yeah. So, yeah, you can't connect. And it can be hard for male body people to, if you're in a heterosexual partnership, for them to understand that because it doesn't really work the same for male body people when there's stress. Oftentimes they're able to just go in and have sex and get rid of the stress that way. It actually helps them to relieve their stress, whereas for us mm-hmm. we're more likely to close down. And so we're wired differently. Very differently. Mm-hmm. Opposite in so what many ways. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So foot rubs. Mm, like, and just go oh, I love. I love a hand in the back. Oh, yeah. Now not slapping me, not, yeah. you know, <laughs> thumping me. I mean just, you know, when someone, particularly a male, puts their hand in the small of my back, I just purr. Mm, it's like so sweet. Oh, it feels so lovely because it, it feels like support. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. So yes, God help me if they do the dishes. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what a leg opener. <laughs> All right, do go on. Um, and I like what you said about yeah. not being overly thankful. It's yeah. like we've been conditioned to think we have, we to, have to overgive. Yes. And that's very unattractive. Yeah, totally. Good. All right, what's next? Um, my next one would be number two, I feel safe to share my needs. It's such a turn on. Yeah, my partner says to me, how can I bring you more pleasure? Uh, yeah, I'm like, whoa, okay. Um, have you got all night? <laughs> That's an invitation, Yeah, isn't it? It's so beautiful. It's such a profound way to explore pleasure and intimacy with each other, to actually use our voices and explore each other's bodies because not only are we different to each other but we're different to ourselves yesterday. Yes, well, particularly women yeah. because we're a different person for the every day of the 28-day cycle. Exactly. And I know we're both passionate about educating men to that. Yeah. Um, and for those of you that are, you know, just wanting to be more self-aware or in lesbian relationships oh, as well. Oh, yeah, totally. Understand why you're doing what you're doing and feeling the way you're feeling so empowering. Yeah, and I think it's a whole other episode mm-hmm. and I, I write about it in my book, um, 
um, sacred union about you know how mm. our libido changes with that cycle as well. Mm. But so anyway, important. It's a whole other kettle of fish. <laughs> what have you got there? Next, I've got number three. Um, open to explore an edge. So mm. openness, like an open mind in the bedroom, is such a turn on to me. I already mentioned with my mm. turn offs. Um, finding an edge, finding ways mm. to explore, no, nothing being too, you know, as long as it's safe, sane and consensual, nothing being too much or too weird or any judgment in sexuality, just able to explore what brings pleasure because it, for me, uh, you know, it's why I've studied sexology is because my sexuality is extremely complex and I, it turns me on so much if my partner can hold space for that. I love that. I love that. Because when you think about what is an edge, it's, you know, where there's fear, where there's potential shame, where there's the body holding trauma. Mm -hmm. And so if you can feel held and journey it ever so gently with reverence together, there's an opportunity for healing. Mm, totally. Beautiful. Beautiful. Totally. Yeah. Um, my next one, I've got that intimacy is our goal, our main goal. So whatever it might be, just the fact that we're connect connecting with each other that we are wanting to explore how deeply we can we can go with each other. So if somebody comes to me and they they are interested in knowing me in my sexuality and not just my body or not just my mind, but they want to know everything about what my sexuality is and how intimately we can connect in that without any reserves and without, you know, holding back feelings or emotions in the sexuality or without holding back anything that we can just really surrender and be intimate with each other that's such a turn on for me absolutely because what makes a great lover is safety yeah you know like uh i've often thought how when someone is so open in the sex act they're almost like an infant mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. that absolute innocence yes yeah. totally. and so there's got to be extreme safety yeah for that to totally. allow. Like some, I've had one experience where I was having, you know, full body orgasm, kundalini rushing through my body and my eyes naturally go to my third eye and I had a partner tell me it was very off-putting <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa, like you have no idea what, what you just took away from me. Like that was, yeah, the, the intimacy wasn't there. He, he was in his mind when he saw me not looking like a porn star, like, not um, performing because that's what he's conditioned to exactly. think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I've uh, heard even male tantra teachers speak about with judgment yeah. women that, you know, go deep within yeah. and have these hugely internal oh. orgasms rather than keeping their eyes open looking at their partners. Yeah. And it's, you know, for me it's an invitation to say meet me at the centre of the universe. Yeah. Meet me totally. at the deep within. Totally. And if you haven't gone within through yeah. meditation, through yeah. trance practices, yeah. it's a foreign land. Totally. So, you've yeah, you've got to have explored the feminine realms, yeah. the great within, yeah. Yeah. in order to really meet a woman in the love act. Totally. Instead of resenting her for the fact she can have she these can huge orgasmic yeah. states. And the sounds that I can make, you know. It's very intimate to hear, you know, guttural noises primal. That primal roars that don't sound like pretty yeah they don't sound pretty they don't it's not a pamela anderson kind of a an <laughs> evening <laughs> nothing so against silly. pammy yeah nothing. <laughs> yeah so yeah that for me is like it's such a turn on like we can be wild we can be just ourselves and raw vulnerable vulnerable is actually my next one Useful. um being able to yeah connect in the heart not feel like we need to perform, but also if my partner is, you know, feeling – I had a beautiful experience recently with my partner where they put their heart on my yoni and I feel their heartbeat on my yoni and I breathe into orgasm that way, but then immediately after we were both crying. Oh, we were both just wow. so vulnerable and holding each other and, you know, licking each other's tears and it was just so – exquisite sweet yeah it was so exquisite and that's true love making yeah yeah like yeah expressing love for yeah. the soul yeah so beautiful yeah you yeah yeah him <laughs> so so much love beautiful um and then my next my eye contact like that for me can be such a turn on 
you know, not just for the fact that, yeah, we're connect, we're actually connecting and looking at, looking at each other, but we can tell stories to each other just through our eyes and, you know, explore energy dynamics and see who is feeling more dominant, who is feeling more submissive, who is feeling more like they're going to lead this story, who is like it feeling overwhelmed of love for the, for the other. Like so much can be said with the eyes and sometimes I can be like paralyzed in pleasure just by an eye. Like Jesse and I recently were at um, having lunch or no, it was dinner at <laughs> Auburn as well at a restaurant on an island and we were making eye contact and I was like paralyzed because of how connected we were through eye contact. And that was our lovemaking for the day. Like Exquisite. it was so beautiful. And I like that you include that as lovemaking. You yeah. know, like yeah. um we've been conditioned to think lovemaking is always penetrative. Yeah. And totally. It starts long before that. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. It's acts of love. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the eyes being the window to the soul. Yeah. It's like if you're not yeah. penetrating each yeah. other's soul yeah. through yeah. eye gazing, yes. also known as transfiguration. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I um had the great misfortune years ago to work on a stall at Sexpo in Melbourne, mm. which involved being ejaculated on by a man in a large penis costume. It wasn't real ejaculate. It was just water. That's a side issue. Point <laughs> being, I was working helping out a friend that had written a book on Tantra and wanted me to get couples together um, just to sit and do one minute of silent eye gazing. Oh, beautiful. Most yeah. of them couldn't. Yeah, no, it's it can be really hard for people. Yeah, I mean, my God, how yeah. can you be in yeah. a long-term relationship yes. and not be able, to, be able to just look into each other's eyes yeah. without speaking yeah. for a minute? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's Hello. powerful. Anyway, back to yeah. you. Um, no, that's so I, – I forget that. I forget that that exists. I, I facilitate couples' things sometimes in the same thing and then I forget, like, oh, or even just same-sex – like women circles sometimes yeah beautiful eye contact and sometimes it's like there's giggling or there's like yes nervous dis reaction yeah, yeah from just with the power that's that's with eye contact it's so profound um yeah something that else that is another turn on is that spark that I was talking about before that masculine spark that can get me in my feminine that can um really like lead me into a scenario like that it's just like grabs me by the hand and takes me into the bedroom. Mm -hmm. I'm like washing the dishes. Claiming and, you. Yeah. Oh, Don't you so, love to be claimed, ladies? So much. Or more feminine men? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, it's caveman. Oh, it's so Can, Do you have oh. the balls to yeah. claim me as yeah. your wild man on board? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and totally. is he not eclipsed by shame of his lust? Yes. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, and then we've got, I've got vulnerability here. And the last one is, um, someone who is able to self-regulate their emotions and not project them onto me. So can connect to me emotionally, but can also be, um, mature, emotionally mature. It's such a turn on for me. I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to spend time with you, you know, having whatever, however that manifests, but I want to spend time with you because, I know that we are going to be able to connect deeply. We're going to be able to understand each other and we're not. And, and if we don't find understanding straight away, we eventually will without any trauma being caused because you're, you're able to self-regulate and not blame me for how you feel. I have my hands in the namaste prayer position, listeners. Yes, you're back in the pulpit. Beautiful <laughs> words of wisdom. Yes, yes, yes. That'll have them yelling. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I had the pleasure of chatting with a man who was emotionally mature yeah. uh, a week ago and it was such a novel experience. Oh, it's, you know, yeah. I found myself not wanting to go to the toilet or get water, yeah. like putting off my self-care yeah. because I was so engaged. Mm. Yeah. 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 Bless him. Yes. All right. My turn. My turn. Yay. <laughs> Speaking of emotional maturity. <laughs> All right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Right. Confidence. So that means confidence to be their true self. So, and I think of an ex-lover of mine who I was with in my early 20s. He was a very large man, had more stretch marks than me, and I 
would advocate that for any woman just once in their life, being with a man that has more stretch marks than you. It does wonders for you. But um, he was a Leo blessing. And so he had this natural confidence, which was so sexy. So in spite of his his size, his girth, I um, can't remember what his girth was like down there, but it was it was a turn on because he didn't carry shame about it, you know. So if someone is, uh, what that tells me, if they're accepting of their own human imperfections, because good God, we all have them. Yeah, I find it a turn on as well. Yeah, and you feel again safe. Yep. You're not going to be judged. Yep, because um, they're not judging themselves. Thank you. Plus it, it that sort of inner authority means that they're not going to defer to you, oh, where do you think we should go? What do you, you know, mm. they're, they're self-initiating, mm. you know, That's very, beautiful. very horny. Okay, very horny. <laughs> number two, sense of humour. I used to think as a um, teenager growing up in the um, – metropolis of Mackay, North Queensland in Australia, that if I could find someone that I could be in the middle of a desert with and still have a good time, I was with the right person. Mm. And a sense of humour means that you're always going to have fun with them. But more importantly, uh, what it tells me is they have the ability to transmute, Mm -hmm. to turn pain into, you know, darkness into light, which is the goo. So they can see life from a different perspective, particularly when it's challenging, the witness is present, and they can literally transmute pathos into comedy, darkness into light. I love that so much. Yeah. But I don't include those that use humour as a weapon because that's a bully. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it it feels like it's deflecting. There's like the kind of like there's maybe some depression going on or some self-hatred or some. Yeah, something going on there when it's using humour to put others down. I don't like it. I like the way you probe. Yes. I love the sense of humour as well. Oh, like, God. It's so beautiful. And it's they could so look beautiful. like the side of the truck. Yeah. But if no, they no. make you laugh, oh my God, it's so sexiest yeah. thing ever. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think we need to remember that too because mm. having be been a stand-up comic as a woman, some men are threatened by funny women. Mm. It's like you can't be funnier than me and mm. comics are That's often the worst. So so yeah, it's like but, but it's sexy. Have like, you felt that before? Yeah, like withholding laughter. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, obviously that was funny just because I've got. I'm laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to reframe it, yeah. you go, no, funny is sexy. Yeah, totally. So long yeah. as it's not self-deprecating or yeah. deprecating others. others. Okay, number three is deeply commu- committed to their own self-growth. Mm. So. That means I don't have to motivate them, yeah? So, and it also means picking up on your thing about emotional intelligence. If they're into growth, they're going to mature. Yeah. So they're less likely to be abusive in unconscious ways, Mm -hmm. such as being overly reactive, projecting Mm -hmm. their unresolved shit onto you and just compulsive behaviours. So Ready to own their shadow. Yes, and still, and know that they're going to be loved when the shadow's seen. I feel like that's the ability to be to show the shadow and not be like terrified to like make excuses or get defensive because they know you're still going to love them because they love themselves. Yeah. They're holding a space yeah. for themselves. Yeah. yeah, that's not self-loathing. Well yeah. said. I always enjoy your input. Um, number four, humility. So, um, and I don't mean lack of self-worth, humility meaning that they can reflect on their own behaviour and their own words and acknowledge when perhaps the choice they made wasn't the best one. Or alternatively, if I point out and make conscious a behaviour that was unconscious, that they're humble enough to reflect upon it, to contemplate that. Yeah, and and aware enough to take space if they need space to do it mm-hmm. to go and journal yeah absolutely journaling is sexy folks sexy so yeah what that tells me again the interactions are going to be healing rather than re-wounding because ultimately that's why we come together in union it's mm-hmm. to heal the past relational wounds but if that peace isn't there it's going to be a re-wounding mm-hmm. scenario 
Uh, okay, number five, surprises you with big and small thoughtful gestures, mm. particularly big ones. So <laughs> I've always fantasised about that and I think it's why I've, you know, been addicted to romantic comedies because, you know, at the end of the film they'll often do something huge and unexpected. Mm, yes, I love you. I remember that one when they write letters or something. Yeah, it was when he, he died already. Or oh, don't expect them to die. I think there's no, know, other no, ways to other show ways, them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Hmm. It was so romantic. I recommend. Okay. I have seen it, but it hasn't. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll circle back. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the thing where, okay, let me give this example. When I was in college, one of my housemates went out with a guy who was in a band called The Losers and for her birthday he made her a card that was, God, maybe two metres tall. It was out of plywood. He painted it and he was there at our front door in the morning of her birthday with this oversized birthday card that he'd made. Now, what is so endearing about that to me is that it conveys this is a man who's unafraid to look like a fool for love. He has the capacity to love mm. because if you're coming from ego, you're worried about what people think. Whereas if you're coming from the soul, that you will matter. follow the impulse of the heart no matter yeah. where it leads, mm, maybe not as that. a stalker. But, um, <laughs> so, but also surprises, like, mm. again, because the masculine polarity is active mm -hmm. it will take a risk mm -hmm. it will initiate mm -hmm. and it has it says to me you've got the confidence to take a risk on surprising me and the fact that you were even willing to do it that you thought about doing it and you invested time effort and energy that would woo me yeah that's so beautiful me too yeah 100%. oh yeah it's kind of can tie into the acts of service but mm. and the, that love language but yeah so so beautiful. Yeah, like, yeah, um, and not just the cliche shit, not just some rose petals on the bed. I, no, come on. Some thought and heart a bit and more creativity. Yeah. yeah, a bit more thinking, I don't speak. All righty, number six, makes it clear that you're a priority in his life. So I was with a partner, won't name names, and, you know, literally I was the last in put before his sister, his sons, his granddaughter, his work, the guys he played football with, the guys in his men's circle. Oh, and then I was a consideration, right. you know. Yeah. And what a turn off. Well, total turn off. It's like you don't value me yeah. enough to actually go, well, you matter, Yeah. you know. So, yes, that really didn't work out. Um, but what it tells me is that, in a, it, it comes from this mindset that once I've got her, I don't have to work. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. And it's like kind of, thank you, it's like it's all about the wooing, the, the thrill of the hunt, the chase. But mm. once you've got them, then it shifts into this complacency like mm. a child does with a parent expecting this ongoing unconditional love mm. will always be there waiting for them regardless of how they treat you. Yeah. Yeah, totally. My a girlfriend and I used to have an expression we'd say to each other, like we were, we've been best friends since we were 16, and um, we'd say to each other, is he treating you like a Vegemite jar or a crystal vase? Nice. And it was like, mm, Vegemite jar, time to get out. Like, Good it was, yardstick. It was so cute. Who knew that Vegemite could be such a helpful <laughs> indicator for relationship? Thank you. Is, is it a Vegemite jar? Makes it sound like a yeast um, infection, but no. Lovely. All right, we're getting close. We've got three minutes and I'm down to number seven. He is not afraid to make a stand for what he believes in and stand with you in the face of a challenge. So let me give a small example from my life. I remember being with my ex-husband, went to visit my family, and there was a test of his loyalty. My sister put me down and then tried to collude get him on yep. side laughing at me and him, silly idiot, mm. joined with her in order to win the approval. 
you know, or in my more recent relationship, a man behaved inappropriately towards me. And when I did have the courage to speak up, my partner didn't back me. Mm. Instead, he was more worried about maintaining the status quo and not causing a scene. So if someone is not able to stand up for what they believe in, then they will ultimately betray you. Mm-hmm. So danger. It's such a horrible feeling. Yeah, and a good indicator is are they actively standing up for the planet, for mm. the collective? You know, if they're doing that, chances are yep. in their day-to-day life that... You've got integrity. Yes, thank you. Um, all right, number eight, men who respect the feminine and appreciate the feminine. So they enjoy the company of older, wiser women. They're not just seeking out young, mm. nubile maidens that will boost their ego by association. And what that tells me is he's not going to trade me in or cheat on me with younger women because he values the inner beauty of the soul rather than the fading beauty of external appearance. I love that so much. And I I feel like it shows a sign of intelligence that even though our our world has tried to condition him to only see women in one way, he's smarter and he's been able to see the beauty in all aspects of life, not just the slither of youth. And see through the illusion, yeah. exactly. It's a mark of intelligence, yeah. isn't it? Totally. And so therefore you can trust this oh, yeah, person. Totally. He's not in the matrix. He's yeah. not seeing you just yeah. as tits on a stick. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, lovely. And where am I at? Number nine. Men who are kind, courteous, and considerate, uh, particularly towards people in uh, positions of service, like wait staff. So that this is someone who doesn't abuse their power. Um, they're often chivalrous. Um, so what that tells me is they can be responsible with power and I can trust them to represent me by association. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to be with someone who in front of me is nice to people yeah. and then behind my back is a right cat. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, it's because... Kind of, yeah, it doesn't feel... I've been in a relationship like that before and I've been like, oh, like I kind of feel special that I'm the only one that he's nice to, but at the same time, like how are we ever going to have some mutual friends? <laughs> like, Right. And can we go anywhere together or do anything together? Like, And and, and I know that it's going to be loving to other people because I am. Yes. Yeah. And it's mortifying. Oh, yeah. When you're was. sitting there yeah. and, you know, I've been at, out to dinner with a woman that was just horrid to the oh, wait yeah. staff oh, and mm. we didn't do dinner again, let yeah. me tell you, yeah. you know, because I've been a waiter, yes. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, you know, uh, that's also within a relationship uh, so that they're kind and courteous and chivalrous mm-hmm. to you as mm-hmm. their partner, mm-hmm. you know, that goes a long way. Totally. All right, number 10. They take good care of themselves. So this means that you won't end up doing it for them. In other words, if someone neglects their self-care, you're going to end up being their carer. Mm-hmm. And that's going to kill the sex drive. Mm, 100%. So, yeah, uh, that is a good way to ensure you don't end up prematurely caring for someone who's neglected yeah. their own self-care. Yeah. Um, Someone who can take responsibility for meeting their needs. Otherwise, yeah. basically, they're a liability. Yeah, like seeing a therapist, like all care, mental care, Thank physical. You. Like, so you don't become their, their one-stop shop for everything that they need because that's, yeah. Totally or being good. the one that makes their appointments. Yeah. Like, get off yeah. your fucking ass totally. and, you know, do the research yourself. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Well, I'm feeling that was therapy for me. I don't know Same. about you. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got an additional, a bonus, an extra bonus oh, yeah, point bonus. since we've got um, just under a, a minute. Um, a turn off, a bonus is guys who don't know how to be sensual. Mm. So they lack an awareness of conscious touch. Oh, and yeah. given that the body recognises the intention in the energetic transmission of every touch, if a man touches our body without reverence, it's like... Uh, to think that we wouldn't notice, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, there is science proving now that when it, our energies are near each other, it's it's much more than a physical. You know, there's there's an energetic connection. So 
already feeling their intention before they touch us physically. Right. And then we're, we're ready for it. It's a two-way street, isn't it? Such a two-way People street. People aren't going to be faking orgasms if the intent is genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um and I did have a bonus one. Is there anything further you want to add? No, I think that's that's everything. I had one bonus turn off. Oh, yeah? And that's when they assert their manhood with machismo. So, you know, when they drive a hotted-up car or really they've got a motorbike with a really Ooh. loud yeah, muffler, it's like if you're oh. compensating, it's just telegraphing, like wearing a big billboard around mm-hmm. your neck saying a sandwich board, I don't have authentic masculine empowerment. Which means I'm more prone to seek domination and control to prove my manhood. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's such a turn off. I hear the the car revving them out. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's not that it's base. It's that no, it's. Thanks for joining us. If you'd love to uh, catch future episodes, head on over to Spotify and uh, click follow. And if you'd like to find out more about my work, you can head over to The Moon Woman. That's M-O-O-N woman.com. And if you want to find out a bit more about me and the work that I do, you can go to yonilicious.com.au or you can find me on Instagram where I'm more active at yonilicious. Y-O-N-I-L-I-C-I-O-U-S. Beautiful. Have a great day. Bye.